Yeah, so welcome to the very first episode. Welcome. This is the year. Oh my God. This is crazy. This is the inaugural recording of This is the Year. Wow. That's, it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. And I'll tell you something. I, I, so I, I've had, obviously I've had like, you know, different things on my bucket list and stuff like that, that I've wanted to do. Um, and a podcast was always one of those Well, I mean, things. before we even get into that, we should at least introduce ourselves. We should probably introduce ourselves. Yeah. And probably. So you are. People who we are. <laughs> um, yeah. So my name is, uh, Eric Bizzari. Um, I'm a, uh, filmmaker based in Toronto, Ontario, uh, I'm also the co-founder and artistic director of the Future of Film Showcase. And my name is Mark Weingast, and I am a jack of all trades and a master of none. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, it's a really interesting road about how, you know, the two of us really got together to mm. collaborate on yeah. something like this. Yeah. Um, and that, well, and that's, and that's interesting too, uh, is because, I guess, um, like like I mentioned before, this podcast has has been, or to make a podcast, has been an idea I've had for for a while. You know, like I've always thought about, um, you know, having conversations with people that I don't always get to see. You know, like I have so many people that I like to talk to and that I like to converse with and uh, have conversations and debate with and stuff, and I can't see them all the time. So why not? have a space, have a safe space that I can bring them in. We have some kind of natural conversation. Yeah. And that's how we go from it, you know? Yeah. And then you and I have had podcast experience. We've been guests on other people's programs and kind of wanted to form our own. We want to talk with people, talk about life, talk about art, talk about, you know, stuff that bothers them, bothers us. Just have a nice casual conversation, you know, how to be a better person, how to be a better artist, how to be a better you. Mm-hmm, totally. And, uh, and well, that's the thing is that like, um, there are so many, uh, people that I know in which, you know, we'll hang out and stuff and, um, we'll have these kind of like meaningful conversations and we'll have these like, you know, uh, conversations, whether it's about whatever we're going through in our lives or, or something politically or something actually happening, uh, you know, in the world to people we know or, or something like We'll talk about all sorts of things, you know, and that's why I'm so excited to, again, have a safe space in which we can do all that. Yeah. Yeah. So then what really brought us together? I mean, how Let's did, how did yeah. we really meet? Because yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh-huh. From what I can remember, this is going to be my own Rashomon way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I think it was you came on as a PA for a couple of days on a web series I was working on, uh, it, The Village Green only because they, it, used, it involved a lot of York University people. Okay. And I did graduate from York University. Yes. By the way. Fun and fact. I'm currently going through York University, <laughs> hopefully in my final year, and then we will see what happens I with skipped, life. I skipped that whole like strike, you know? Well, I, I, you got there, lucky with that. There was, there was a strike that happened when I was there, but then there was like the bigger strike that happened the year after I left. Yeah. And I just missed that boat. Like I saw the boat coming. And I just, I dived in. I like, I dived away from it. That was the strike that happened in 2018, right? Correct. The yeah. one that I had to go through. Well, 2017 to 2018. So it, it went into. Well, the academic year, 2017, 2018. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 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 I had to survive through that. That was not a fun strike at all. That is, I feel very bad for those students. Um, But yeah, so. Um, Going back on our original tangent. Right. So. There's a film or a web series? Yeah, it was a web series. I think you were on it because there was a lot of York University people who were involved with it and mm-hmm. you got uh, put in there. I don't know whether or not you actually worked on it. That's just my way of thinking. I don't think I did. I cause that doesn't that doesn't sound that doesn't sound familiar. But I did a lot of PA gigs. I've done a lot of PA gigs. That's the thing <laughs> you when know? you start out like in film school, whether you're at York University or you're at Toronto Film School like I did, you just end up going on things and you're just hoping to get a chance to yeah. work on stuff. Yeah, and that's and and that's what's interesting is that you'll meet so many people and do so many projects and sometimes like, you know, you'll realize which were the better ones um, by way of which the ones you remembered, right? Yeah. Um, but there were I, I did I did a lot of PA gigs. That 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 project doesn't sound familiar. But what I do know is I remember you coming to the Future of Film Showcase 
And for those who don't know, uh, the Future Film Showcase uh, is a film festival that screens short films by Canadian filmmakers aged 30 and younger. And I remember you coming to our fourth year. You came to our after party. And I remember you like pulling me aside and saying, hey, man, I think this is great. I think this is such a cool uh, festival and what you've been doing. And I was so affected by that. But it's it's weird because – like a lot of people were coming up to me and, and telling me that there was a lot of positive response, but for some reason I had, I know I had seen your face around before. I know I'd heard of you and the fact that like you had made that attempt to come up to me and, and, and to talk, you know, like I just, I don't know. I really appreciated that. It was like one of those moments for like the rest of the night that I, I need, well, even till now that I really remembered. Um, yeah. yeah and, and I really appreciate it. And like coming to that festival, the reason why I came is because one of my friends had one of their shorts in there. Oh. And – Do you remember which short it was? Uh, it was Kyle's – Okay. Uh, I think it was Ecstasy. Yes. It was Ecstasy. Yeah, yes. that was the that was the one I came in. Right, and right. I th- And I remember because I came in late, but I came in time to watch that short. Ah. Um, <laughs> I came in late for that one, but I did come to the after party, and I think I did want to – uh, see the rest of the shorts, and you were gonna send me a link to that. I don't think I ever got that link to ecstasy. No, 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 to all the other shorts that I missed. Oh no! Oh well, we can we'll work that out. Yeah, we'll rectify that. We'll eventually. rectify that eventually. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I remember. So I remember you going there, and I remember you um, you asking me about it, which was good. Yeah. So yeah. then, long story short, you know, we become friends, we hang out, mm-hmm. we do stuff together, and yeah. then go to screenings. We, we go to screenings, and then we just end up doing this. Like you called me up one day, it's like I want to start a podcast, and I'm like, I'm totally down for that. I think what do you want to talk about? Your that? actual words, quote unquote, were "fuck yes." I think that's what you said to me. I think that's what you said. Well, I mean, that's been my <laughs> philosophy for like the last little while of just You're fuck it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> You were very sure about it and it was great because I find that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, in this industry, you get really excited about something, you're really excited about an idea and then you kind of like, you, you take risks, you know what I mean? You take risks with who you ask to work on your projects. Sometimes, you know, you ask people, they're like, "Eh, yeah, I think it's okay. And then they, they respond like that and you're like, oh wait, is it really a good idea that I do do this? And I'm not saying that I asked a whole bunch of people for this podcast. What I mean is I was just so like, I was so happy when you had sent that. And I was so happy that you were like, so sure you wanted to make one. Um, And yeah, and I'm glad that it's, that it's brought us together. But um, again, yeah, a podcast is something that I've been wanting to do. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you're glad you're here, man. Yeah. So when we had our first meeting like last week to really just hunker down and decide like how we want to do this, what's our format. Yeah. Um, like it, that was a kind of interesting meeting itself because even though we met at a Starbucks, I don't drink coffee. And I ended up having two in the span of an hour. And my heart is racing at like a thousand miles an hour. You and my brain up- is just like speeding through all these ideas like why don't we talk about this why don't we do this why don't we do this and you're like calm down calm down you were very jumpy no it was great because i didn't realize that you hadn't drank coffee so you were just kind of like sometimes speaking at a mile a minute and uh but it was very it was very fun it was very fun and you were um you you were like coming up with all these all these ideas and they were really like engaging uh but what i what i love most is coming up with this title Right, yeah. coming up this title for a podcast, you know, stressing out, being like, "What, what the fuck are we gonna call this thing?" You know what I mean? Like, I, I swear it's it, it's it's the hardest thing, and we're not just gonna call it something like, I don't know, something generic or something just to say we have a title. Like, we really have to do. It. And then one day I'm driving, like on the four hundred one, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, that's it!" Call, hey Siri, call Mark Winegust. Mark Winegust picks up. This is the year. What? Sorry. This is the year. What are you talking about? This is the year. This is the year. Title for the podcast. Fuck yeah. Was your response? <laughs> no, it's it's brilliant because it, it's just that that hook. It's so simple. Yeah. That it just works. And if anything, it's a message about positivity. Because if anything, this is the year we start a podcast. This is the year this can happen. This is the year that I'll be able to do this. Yeah, exactly. And that's and 2019 for me, at least up until now. Um, has been very groundbreaking in that sense that I started off this year with that kind of an attitude, 
with that attitude like, okay, this is the year I direct again. This is the year that I do things that I've had on my list for a while that have been in my mind. Um, I love that quote that it's like, if it's still in your, it, like, if, if it's still in your head, then it's worth taking the risk for. Right. And so that's like with this podcast and with a few other projects that I'm doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then for me, this is the year that I actually get off my ass and follow through <laughs> with an idea that I've actually come up with. I'm so happy that we're actually getting this off the ground because yeah. if you didn't push me, I don't think I would have been able to do this. Oh, thanks. No, thanks, man. I, I mean, like, listen, like I, I am, I like, you know, a lot of the things I do uh, are also because of a whole team around me. You know what I mean? Like I come up with these ideas. Uh, I sometimes have very ambitious ideas. And uh, a lot of the times, you know, I'm sitting in a meeting or <clears throat> sitting in a room. People are like, okay, great idea. How are we going to do this? You know? And I feel like if I didn't have people like that, like you and like others that kind of, you know, accepted these ideas, want to make them work and want to make them work in the most efficient way, nothing would ever get done. So like I am the product of any of any team that I work with. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So give us a taste. What do you think we're going to be listening in this podcast? What, what to look out for? Okay, so uh, I wanted to blend a podcast that uh, – well, I wanted to start a podcast uh, that blends guests from different um, artistic personalities, different uh, different jobs, different, you know, uh, I guess you can say like professions, um, artistic expressions in the industry, <clears throat> whether it's like filmmakers or whether it's artists or musicians or whoever. I want to be able to have meaningful conversations with these people about the evolution of themselves as an artist. Maybe things they regret, maybe things they have coming up. Um, you know, different projects that they're doing. It's it's sort of like an interview style, but it's not. It's it's more conversation driven. We're not here necessarily to promote something specific, um, but we are here to talk about what you as an artist are doing. You know, like. Um, again, I'm going to go back to this for a sec. I've, you know, I've had a lot of, um, conversations with people recently, especially my age that it's so weird. I feel like being at this age, uh, where you're on the cusp of, you know, getting your career started, trying to figure out what you want, trying to figure out how you can get what you want. And again, where you are at now. Right. So I've had a lot of conversations with people just about like emerging artists specifically, uh, about how they're achieving their dreams, essentially, right? And that's what I want to bring to this podcast. Well, in terms of like what's happened over the last couple of months, so let, let's go from a timeline. Let's let's talk um, September 2018. So let's think about TIFF. TIFF's in town. Yeah. You're seeing films. You're meeting with people. You're trying to get your projects off the ground. Yeah. Me, I'm just consuming as many movies as I can, but there's, uh -huh. there's something else that I was involved with in the festival that um, – <laughs> That I'm both happy that I did and I immediately regret. So the thing to understand is because this is a film festival, Toronto is one of those launching pads that skyrockets films to Oscar caliber mm -hmm. um, glory. And before every film, because the festival itself is so accessible to the public, you know, they want to thank the volunteers because there are so many of them that work throughout the festival. And I got to be a part of the yearly volunteer video that shows before every single film. Now, what happened was I'm not a volunteer myself. I used to do that a couple of years ago. I did it for about four years straight before I started working in uh, film distribution. And I've always wanted to be in that video. I've always wanted to be like where everybody applauds at the end. They're like, yay, thank you to all the volunteers. And what happened was one of my friends sent me the link. It was an Eventbrite link where you could sign up, you could be part of the video. And I got accepted and they're like, great, we will see you on this Friday. Come down at 1030. We will give you the staff t-shirt. We will uh, tell you what to do. We will sit you down with everybody else and we'll tell you what to do. So I get to the Winter Garden Theater um, downtown at Queen and Young and I go upstairs, get this t-shirt, sign in, all that good stuff. And I'm surrounded by like a lot of people. And I feel like I'm one of the youngest people there. Not, not just as a straight white male, but as just like youth. 
like there are people from like all walks of life there, but there's not a lot of people yeah. who are younger. So you're like, so <clears throat> give me, give me ideas. So the youngest people, like they don't have anybody under like well, 18 there. Like it's no, not, okay, not, okay. not from what I saw. There, okay, there's okay. probably people, uh, university age, but a, a lot of people, uh, middle-aged and very, and very much. Okay. Older. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, everybody in their giant orange t-shirt, this giant wave of it, there's only about 250 of us. And the winter garden theater is not a big theater, but 250 people do not make an audience. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way that they've arranged it is the staff volunteer video was going to be basically them singing or the volunteer singing We Are the Champions by Queen, except it's not we're singing the entire song. We're singing a specific arrangement that is made and they're going to cut uh, like cut to uh, volunteers that they've already uh, paid for. Well, what what I mean is just like actors, actors who, who who have already been paid to do like little spots. Um, and if you see the video, if you see the volunteer video, you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then they'll cut to like this giant audience. Oh, so and those weren't volunteers too. Those were no, actors. No, those were actors. Oh. I, I'm sure like people who were in the audience for this video were actual volunteers at the festival. But some of them, like myself, were uh-huh. not actual volunteers. Uh-huh. So what they did is – multiple takes and multiple angles we are singing this arrangement of we are the champions we have to sing at a fast speed and it's not even like the right words in some places like we have to cut out a line here we have to leave out a couple words there and mark as an actor i love it mark weingust (laughs) oh i've acted a few higher mark weingust casting directors and i've worked i've worked a few times (laughs) don't kid yourself um so we're singing and singing, singing, and it's like, all right, we are going to have to digitally stitch our audience, so we are going to have to move you, or at least a part of you, over to one side, and we're going to change the camera angle. And this happens for a few times. So near the end, so near the end of the shoot, um, they bring us back down to the orchestra level and to the front rows, and they're going to do like this giant sweeping uh, crane shot across. And they put me in like one of the prime positions, so as the camera comes across. Like it, it like goes in front of me. Yeah. So this happens for about. Did that eight. make you nervous? Uh, not necessarily. Like, am I camera shy? Not so much. But uh-huh. you know, it, it's kind of like, ooh, the camera's passing by me. I kind of want to look through the barrel of the lens. <laughs> but no, that didn't happen. I saw, it's this, like, I saw this Hallmark Christmas movie once, and uh, the main actor looked at the camera about four times in a single scene. It was crazy. It, it, it's so crazy when they crazy. when they do it intentionally because, <laughs> like, oh, I I want I want to look so good. It's like I can't keep my eyes off the camera, and I don't know how how it is when you work with actors uh-huh. of just like having a camera so close to your face. Well, speaking that- of cameras in your face, when because uh, I obviously I knew we were starting to record today and uh, getting dressed this morning, I'm like, what do I wear? What do I wear? What makes me like? What's gonna? You know what I mean? But I, I, I couldn't help but real. Like I, I didn't realize that. Like I'm not gonna be seen. It's only my voice. I, I can be in shorts right now. It doesn't matter. I can wear whatever I want. Yes, and so I came to that realization. And that's the thing with it, <laughs> with it, with an audio only medium. It's like I'm not, with, I'm not gonna be seen. You know? No, you're not. No. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so the camera, so like eight to ten times, like this camera is passing by me, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, I wonder how that's going to turn out. Uh-huh. And then Tiff comes, and then I see my first film of the day, and this is like <laughs> 9.30 in the morning. Like the, the, the Thursday of the festival is the morning that the festival starts. I go to my first movie, and it's Wildlife. This is Paul Dano's film. And oh I'm, sitting, I'm sitting with a friend of mine. And we're just waiting for all the commercials to go through. You go through your L'Oreal, you go through your Dolby, you go through whatever else, RBC. They finally changed that commercial, thank God. And <laughs> the volunteer video comes comes up and I, you know, I've taken my vows, my curtain call, and it like goes on and on and on. And then I'm sitting with my friend and there's the final sweeping shot <clears throat> where, you know, it comes through the crowd and this is what I was, you know, what happened to me and it's like thank you to our volunteers but i'm just seeing as it as it like fades in to say like thank you where the t is in the thank is where i am and it's like prime position of like where your eye is supposed to go so i'm being seen 
by about 300 people in this audience and oh, i'm packed it was packed it was a packed audience like for yeah. like the first screening of the day it, it, it was it was busy i i know which day you went on to those so you went on the sixth right yeah like the, yeah, fir- the I first i was supposed to go to that other first story. day of the festival I was supposed to go i was supposed to go to that screen and the moment that i see myself on screen it's just my head is angled up so high uh my my posture even though i am standing up straight i put that in air quotations it's not really that great i don't look that natural and i'm just like slinking into my chair just like oh god what did i get myself into and you know what's crazy is that i've i i it took me so long to notice that you were in that video. Like, I remember we had seen each other at some point during TIFF and we're talking about the films and you're just like, kind of like looking at me with this, like, like, you know, anticipating for me to say something. You're like, so, uh, yeah, did you see it? And I'm just like, yeah, like, you know, I saw this film, I saw that film, whatever. And you're just like, hey, no, no, so, no, you know, no, the like, volunteer did video. Did you see like the volunteer video? I'm like, yeah, Mark, what about the volunteer fuck? Like, what about what about it? Like, I, I, I see it every year. Like, it's whatever. Like, it's catchy. It's annoying. It gets annoying because, like, you see it, like, uh, you know, a bunch. Like, if you're seeing four films in a day, it's like it, it gets to you. And you're like, oh, well, um, so, did, did you notice anything? Like, anyone in it? And I was like, no. Like, what is, what are you getting at? Like, you were really excited. I was excited. I think you were really I was excited, excited because you were the only person at the time you know, who right? I didn't, who I didn't get like, oh my gosh, you're in that video. It didn't take long for any of my friends who came in from like New York, uh, San Francisco. Really? Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like that was you in the video. I'm like, yeah, that oh, was shit. me. Well, it's funny because then as soon as you sent it to me, every time I saw it after that, I only noticed you. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like that like FedEx logo. Like in FedEx, you see like the arrow. The, yeah, you, you see the see arrow. It, it's just like head. you can't ignore it. Yeah. So every time I went to a film with my friends, every time that I would come on screen, they're like, there's Mark. There he is. <laughs> I was supposed to be in that screening. Like the, the, for wildlife to, in, that, yes, in the morning? Yes, because that, that was the day of my birthday and I left that day. I, I don't know. I left that day, but <clears throat> I I left late and I ended up going to see Monsters and Men, which was still really – it was great. Did you end up paying the $75 for that ticket? How much was that ticket in the end? No. Oh, my God. That was ridiculous. That was, it was absurdly like expensive. It was like $100 that night. Um, oh, but then, but what was the reason? Why was $100? Well, because the director the reason- was supposed to – Well, it's not just the director. Come, and then Drake was supposed to come. But there then like – Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo couldn't end up uh, making it, and then Drake ended up canceling. So it's like you're paying a hundred dollars to see who, the cast. Like, come on, it's like fifty bucks for a premium normally, right? Well, yeah. Or whatever it is, right? To see to see those people, but it was uh, it it was just it was strange that everyone was just like bailing out on it, you know? Yeah. Listen, but, that's Tiff for you. <laughs> that's crazy. We love Tiff. We yes, love Tiff. We love Nothing Tiff. Nothing against that. But no. it was it was strange to see how that unfolded. Uh, but I ended up missing that film, and then it's in theaters now. I still haven't seen it. Like it's almost like I. I mean, me much. personally, I wasn't a fan of it. Maybe it was also because I saw it like first thing in the morning. Uh, I, I I feel like I might need to rewatch that. You went with uh, Zach, right? Uh, Zach. No, Zach was in the audience. I was not sitting was next there. to him. Okay, uh, like okay. he was somewhere else in the audience. Okay, okay. I know he wasn't a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, Zach Gold kind for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, but but that's the thing. But that's the thing with TIFF, and like you should know from running a festival, it, it's yeah. just they, there's so much to work for in terms of logistics mm-hmm. that not everything ha- can work out, and that's the unfortunate <laughs> part of it. I, I mean, it's funny that it's funny that you say that because we, <clears throat> you know, as as we keep as we keep on growing, uh, future film specifically, um, as we keep on growing, there are just like things, just like kind of they're just like surmountable, like. Uh, objectives and then like conflicts and you know resolutions but then kind of like more conflicts that come with it um (laughs) what i mean by that if any of that made sense um there's just there's just a lot more there's a lot more to do the the more you grow right so you know as we continue moving forward there's you know there's there's more sponsors that have to be involved there's more ideas and sometimes it's like they have that saying in film. It's like kill, kill your darlings, right? Sometimes you know you gotta kill your, you gotta kill those babies. You gotta kill those, the, like your best ideas sometimes or some ideas, um, in order to make it flow better, right? And that's what I was saying about a team is that like that's why I'm so glad to be able to work with 
uh, such empowering people is because those are the people that keep me grounded at the end of the day, right? Uh, all of these ambitious ideas are are great ideas, nonetheless. But you know, you have people that are you know in these meetings that say, "Hey, Eric, you know, we we, we probably can't afford." an eight foot statue. We just can't do it this year. Okay. We can't have like an animated 10 foot FOFS logo in person. Yeah. You just got to find your sacrifices somewhere. <laughs> that was a huge, that was a huge joke. We will not, we won't do that, but you see what I'm saying. Right. But it's good. It's good. And, and with running a festival as well, there's a, a, like logistics change and priorities change and people, you know, come and go. Um, yeah. That's, I guess, the beauty of running something like that, right? Yeah. So then what's in store for this year? Like as as you've started accepting um, applications, yeah. films, it's like mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to with this festival there's, this year? Oh, with future films specifically, there's so much. There's just so much to look forward to. I think, you know, with our submissions, like our submissions are higher because we're going into our sixth year, well, sixth festival, but at the same time, it's like, the quality never stops, you know what I mean? And it just it just kind of reminds us why we're here. You know, each year we keep on doing it. We're like, all right, we're going to do it again this year. And we're just like, yeah, did you see how people reacted last year? Did you see the sold out crowd we have? Did you, had, did you see like what the filmmakers that we screened last year are doing now? Like that's crazy, you know? Like we had the world premiere last year of this film called Chesterfield. We were the first festival to accept that film. We were the first festival to um, accept a comedy about two young guys uh, moving a couch from one end of of Toronto to the other. And it was hilarious. It's played like everywhere. Like it's, it's played across Canada, around the world. It's, it's won multiple awards. And we were, we were the people to discover that film. We were the, we were the first people to say yes. Right. And so that feeling's great. And that's what we want to continue doing. We want to keep, you know, supporting these emerging artists, these emerging creators, um, and, and and bring those dreams to life. I, I think that um, a few years ago, what really did it for me was this one filmmaker by the name of Ava Young. Uh, she, was in, she was in grade nine, I believe, 14 years old, submitted this film. It was like 90 seconds long, two minutes long at the most. And... We don't like uh, – there are a lot of high school students that do submit to us, right? What we end up programming is not a lot of high school content. But what she made was the definition of FOFS, which is potential. Her film was not like – like it wasn't uh, – I don't know. Like it wasn't like you, – you you don't watch it. You call it called groundbreaking visuals and stunning actors. Like no, but that, cause that's, that's not what she – that's not what it's about, Right. You see a filmmaker who you know is going to make it. You know is going to just continue to create and make better. And so we accepted her film. It was uh, like 90 seconds long. It's about time travel. It took place in Toronto. She used, the tra- she used the transit system to talk about time travel. And then the day of the festival, uh, I was just talking to her dad, and then she went to the washroom. Her dad's like in, like almost in tears. And he's like – this is her first festival. This is the very first time any of her work has ever been screened, and it's here. And I want you to understand how much that means to her. I want you to understand how much that means to me, how much this, like, what this does, what doing this does for a young kid, doing this, like, or, or a young filmmaker in her case. And uh, I've kind of, like, always had that at the back of my mind. You know, whenever I have doubts about the festival specifically or just, like, continuing or what comes next or, or this uncertainty that – we're just riding on a wave of uncertainty. Um, <laughs> I, I think about that. I think about what he said, right? And uh, that's that's exactly why we created the festival to begin with. Yeah, that's a really good outlook to have. Yeah, man. So then, with this, so then with this year as you're programming, mm-hmm. um, what what do you look for specifically in in programming? Like, yeah. Well, I I mean, you're the artistic director. You're the one who like has to overhaul everything right. but when you have your programmers just like curate the films and they're like hey we want to show you we're still undecided on a couple films yeah like what do you think which one do you prefer how do you approach that something with original content something that hey, well, hasn't been done what, what's your barometer for original then you make a sci-fi film right 
it's about time travel. You're using, right, the motion of these subway cars, of these transit cars to depict time travel, to depict the passage of time, right? That's original for me, right? We've seen so many time travel movies. What makes this different? Um, moving on, uh, something separate, right? Something that is purely Canadian, something like Chesterfield last year, right? You had two guys, very simple story. Two guys, they had to get a couch from this point of the city to that point of the city. How are they doing it, right? Or well, actually, sorry, one guy, and then he meets people along the way. And, uh, you know, that is a story that is that is original. It's fresh. I haven't seen it before. It's It's simple, and it's set in the heart of Toronto. It's perfect, right? But also, you know, there are there are there are films that break conventions, right? Alternative films, animated films, even documentaries. Sometimes we have this documentary um, that we played. Uh, it's called "Don't Shoot the Dog," and it was about uh, this zookeeper that was rumored to be assaulting animals. I think that's that's the year that you might have came. Yeah, for yeah, you. I saw that one. Yeah, and so that had at least for me had a very mixed reaction. Because I was like, well, the filmmaker is putting herself, Jesse Postumas, she's putting herself in a position of, you know, interviewing this guy, actually engaging with him and all that. I'm like, but if he's assaulting animals, if he's like this, like, why are, why are you guys putting yourselves in this position? But the more I kept watching it, the more I realized it was one of my favorite at the festival because I've never, like, not that I've never seen that done before, but to for that to be done so viciously is not the right word. For that to be done so like eloquently from young filmmakers, I've never seen other young filmmakers do something like that, right? You know, portray this documentary that doesn't really have an ending, kind of has this ambiguous ending, like, well, what now? You know what I mean? Are you yeah. going to believe the media? going to believe him? Wh- whose side are you really on, right? And so, to, you know, to sum it up, short, short answer, stories that are, that break convention, that show some kind of originality, and that are purely Canadian. Okay, that sounds really, really interesting. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I guess that really kind of closes out, you know, just a nice little introduction about ourselves, about why we chose to do this podcast. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm looking really forward to how, how we, how far we can take this. Yeah. No, me too. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to like the people that we can bring on and talk to. Uh, we have a really good slate lined up. Uh, I think for the first season. Um, and I guess just just a little bit more just about how I guess how we uh, how we started this. It's so funny because you know starting a podcast. Um, well, first of all, starting a podcast is a lot harder than one might think, right? Yeah, you have to come up with content every week or however you know consistently you post. You have to you know really do your research on the guests and and plan out who you're going to bring and themes and all that. But there are so many podcasters that make it look so easy. And they just talk so naturally and it's, and it's admirable, but there, it's funny. Cause there's so many times when like, I'm thinking, okay, like I'm walking, like I'm walking down the street. Right. And I'm like practicing how I'm going to talk on the podcast. Like I'm just like kind of walking down like the other day, like I was walking into subway, and I was just kind of walking. And I was just like, all right, uh, what's up folks? Like, how's it going? Like, whatever. Like I was just kind of like, you know, testing out what my, what my lines would be. And some guy just walked by me and gave me a look like, fuck is this guy doing you know he doesn't know whatever um but yeah or like in the shower or something like practicing how i'm going to speak and whatnot it's just it's really cool it's really admirable and i'm excited to uh get on this journey with you <laughs> yeah no i'm looking forward to this too and even though i don't like the sound of my own voice i guess this is the year that i have to listen to my own voice and get used <laughs> to that fact yeah. all right so stay tuned and cool. keep on listening stay tuned keep on listening um, you know, watch the episodes in order or don't, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We well, you know what? We should probably piss people off. Maybe we should like maybe it should be like to be continued at the end so that way they're forced to watch the next one. To Aww. listen to the next one. Oh, you leave you leave them on a cliffhanger like that? <laughs> Come on. Cliffhangers don't don't you have a catchphrase that that that, oh, that you Mark should just off? left the studio and oh my god, he just tripped in the hallway. Will he be good for the next episode? I don't know. Maybe he won't. Come on. What's your catchphrase? What's you, my catchphrase? What's your catchphrase? Come on. And probably some phrase. Come on. Italian. Mark Maron has, has a catchphrase. What's Mark Maron's catchphrase? Mark Maron doesn't have a catchphrase. So what the fuck? 
uh, yeah, on, on uh, what the fuck is they uh, Boomer lives? Oh, but what does that mean? Boomer's his cat. I thought. Isn't really? Bo- yeah, isn't Boomer his cat? I have no idea. I thought it was like some musician or something that might have died, and then just paying homage homage to them or something. I have no idea. Like to me, Boomer is just the dog in the Independence Day that lives for some reason. <laughs> uh, what's my catchphrase? Um, I don't know. Let's test it out. I think we're gonna. It's gonna have to be those like a, one of those like evolving things. I guess Kinda this like is the year that you, you know? find a catchphrase. This is the year I find a catchphrase. Okay, I have a nickname. It's called E Busy. Okay, and I'll tell you something. About seventy four percent of the people I know actually call me by that. Really? Yeah. It might be close closer to like sixty five. But there are people that do call me e-busy. I'm surprised that you actually have the uh, the statistic down. Like you have the percentage. I have. Of well, I take down. I obviously I take down how many people have passed me. Like sometimes somebody passed me in the street. Like hey, e-busy. You know, just, just a random person you don't even know. It's like yeah, hey, e-busy. Hey, e-busy. Or you were that guy. Did I tell you? Did I tell you when I was on? Uh, I was. I used to be an actor. Okay, I used to be an actor. This is kind of you know mixing in from your. I forgot to say this after your TIFF video. I used to be an actor, and I used to act till I was like 17, 18 years old, okay? I was on this show called Superwise, an animated show. I did one episode, and guess what? I've still, up until like a year ago, I still gotten royalties from that episode because what they did was the CBC, it was an animated show on CBC, and CBC kind of got all these episodes and I guess re-released them in their new like digital content on their YouTube channel, and... I did not find this out until like four years ago. I played an Asian kid. Huh? Yeah, I played an Asian kid. I'm the Asian kid. I'm. The, it's a so a, each episode is about um, these like super readers are going on like these journeys through all these like different stories, and they're like essentially teaching kids how to read. And my story was the boy who cried wolf. So we're starting the episode right. And I'm watching it for the first time since I was a kid. I don't even think I, I don't even, you know what? I don't even think I caught it on television. And the way I came up with it was because we started getting these royalties. My agent at the time had told us that they, you know, rebranded and whatnot. And uh, I watched the episode and I'm like, I'm a little Asian kid running around. How did that feel? Like, in terms of just that kind of dys- dysmorphia of, you know, seeing yourself as this character mm-hmm. and then. Like we yourself totally is like wa- I- we could totally watch it later. Okay, maybe we can like post a link or something somewhere. But I I was this kid and it was just this. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, well, you know what? I I have gotten. You know, I do have like a small fan base. You know, people will walk past me. They're like, "Hey, you're you're the boy. You're that boy who cried." I'm like, "It's over, man. That acting career is over." Okay, thanks. Like, are, Get a life. Were you part of Actra then? Get a life. Did you belong to Actra at that time? Yeah. Do you yeah, still yeah. have actor membership? No. Why not? I told you I stopped when I was like oh, 17. Oh, that's true. That's like true. I was um I was I first started off as uh non-union and then I went into uh that didn't last long. Then I went to apprentice and then you had to get a certain amount of credits to be an actual full member. Then once you got a full member, that's when you could start getting like the bigger auditions and the bigger roles. Oh, okay. Um I had actually stopped as soon as I got full member. That it that it just naturally you happened peaked that way. and then you gave I it all up. The- <laughs> Love it, it was a really good experience to be, Love it. to be on the other side and to kind of like learn about the industry that I knew I I wanted to work in in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. All right. So then on my end, um, in terms of the acting stuff that I've done, other than that TIFF video, hmm. Uh, I'm. Man, I can't even think off the top of my head. I know I've been in some. Yeah, I've been in some stuff. Oh, I was an extra on Pixels. What? Yeah, that Adam Sandler comedy that was sent in Toronto. Oh, filmed in Toronto. Yeah, I was an extra on that. Oh my god! You could actually see me in like uh, one of the opening scenes, specifically like the flashback in the 1980s when there was a video game competition. Um, I <laughs> I did not look like 1980s whatsoever because I had like facial hair then. And I didn't shave for that. Um, so specifically, there's two shots where you can see me. Uh, there, there's like a, a sweeping crane shot. I love these sweeping crane shots. Oh, my apparently. God. How do you get on these jobs with these sweeping crane shots? I don't know. So there's um, – so it's like a convention of people and uh, the main characters are like coming down the escalator and you can just see me on like the the far left 
yeah. uh, just like walking through the crowd. Yeah. And then later on when the, the flashback Peter Dinklage character comes through and like everybody's trying to crowd around and get a look at him, you can see me like hopping up in the background trying to get a glimpse. Yeah. It, That's it, awesome. Yeah. So I saw that film on opening day in IMAX. <laughs> why? I will quit. I, will... I wanted to. It was, I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. You, so you didn't get to like obviously see any of the big stars or – um, like I saw work. Dan Aykroyd, saw Sandler come through, saw Chris Columbus. Uh, but for for me, after working on uh, like a few sets as a PA, it, it's like you kind of get used to yeah. like see, seeing those kind of celebrities. Yeah, no, that's I. Yeah, I agree. And you asked me, you asked before about the like uh, working with actors thing, and uh, I consider yeah, no, I I definitely consider myself like an actors director in the sense that. Um, I feel like as a director, my sole responsibility, aside from obviously overseeing all parts of production, is also getting the best performances from our actors, right? Yeah. Without these actors, what what do we have? You can have great visuals, great editing, sound, whatnot, but the performances are the ones people are gonna remember. I think I think the, some of the biggest things, so I I uh, every year I work on uh, I work with we. And we is like the we charity. I do this video and um, all the time they bring in like top tier, like Canadian talent. So last year or two years ago, I worked with uh, Jay Baruchel, uh, who of course, you know, does how to train your dragon and all sorts of stuff. Um, I also, and then I also worked with Dan Levy oh. from Shit's Creek, which shoots just outside the studio uh outside of Astrolab Studios. And I love Shits Creek. Like Shits Creek is like just oh my god. Like I watch okay. I was one of the original fans. Just letting everybody know. Okay. I watched that as soon as it premiered on CBC. Nobody knew it. I was there Creek too. Was. I just haven't watched anything past season one. Well it's it's very good. It's very, very fucking good. And he was on set. And I remember doing pickups for the show the day before. And I was in the car with one of the producers uh, from we actually, and she was like, "Yeah, so tomorrow, like you know, we're gonna have uh, Jay Baruchel, uh, Dan Levy," and I was like, "What the fuck?" It's like Dan Levy's gonna be here, and I was driving right, trying to keep my cool. I can't lose my shit, you know. And I'm at a point where, like, okay, I've worked in like a lot of capacities where there have been like you know bigger name actors and stuff, but there are a select few that I will still get giddy over. Okay, I've had a long time crush on Hilary Duff. That's never changing. Her newest film comes out this year. I'm going to be there opening day. Wait, hold on. She has a film? Yes. It's called The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Apparently, it's about some, uh, some murderer. What, what's his name? Manson murderer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie yes. Manson. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she, Sharon, Sharon Tate was one yes. of the murders. She plays Sharon Tate. Oh, okay. Okay, so we're going to get two Sharon Tates this year between Margot Robbie and Quentin Tarantino's film and now Hilary Duff. Are you trying to like compare her to Margot Robbie? No, I'm no, I'm just right pointing. Now? I'm just pointing, like, are you trying to like? <laughs> I'm just pointing out that you know, like I went to her Sweet Sixteen. You know that. Wait, what? Yeah, fun story. I went to her Sweet Sixteen. It was at the Metro Toronto Convention Hall. My mom got us tickets, bless her soul, and she was sitting on a throne, and I got wrapped up in toilet paper by the kid from Cat and Hat. Huh. Yeah, that's a story for another time. Fun fact. Anyway. Uh, so she says, Dan Levy, I'm trying not to freak out. We're in front of a Loblaws. I'm making a right-hand turn. It's not a big deal. Okay, whatever. So then on set, I let it slip a little bit. They were like kind of talking, whatever, and I let it slip. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm so stoked Dan Levy's here. Like, I'm a huge fan. Kind of let it, my excitement slip. They're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, my friend Kat, she uh, was also working on the project. She calls me over. She's like, hey, Eric, like, they really need you in the front. Like, apparently, like, you know, they really got to talk to you. I'm like, oh, fuck, what the hell? And they, like, walk me. Hey, Eric, can you come to the front ASAP? We need you right now. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? What did I do? I'm going to screw up this chance. I'm like, fuck, am I? Oh, my God. And then someone else like, hey, Eric, did you hear the call for you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I go there. My heart's beating out of my chest. I'm like, what the fuck? And I walk into the office. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? They're like, hey, here's Dan. Dan turns Hey, how's it going? He shakes my hand. I shit my pants. End of story. <laughs> it, it, like I've I've had moments our, like that too. Our sound engineer Dwayne is can't control himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, like that. That's the thing. It's just as as much as you try to keep cool about this stuff, because at the end of the day, they are people. 
No, I know, I know. It, it, there's... It's just like somebody that that you follow. I hope someone. And you... I hope everybody watch. I, I don't. I please hire me. I'm not gonna freak out if there's a celebrity on set. I promise you. It's just that was around the time that I was binging season four of Shit's Creek. I was binging season four, season three, and I had just finished binging it. We were filming on the weekend, and then right after they say, "Hey, Dan, your Dan Levy's gonna be on set." Well, fuck me, right? It, like, it's like it's how how are you how, supposed to? How am I supposed to? Yeah, I don't have any time to prepare for this. Okay, but I did work with Jacob Tremblay as well last year. Yeah, he was super cool. Uh, we like we shot the shit. It was it was amazing. Um, and also on the commercial, this other kid that I worked with, he was my lead in uh, one of my first films, The Shallow End. Lucas Engel. He had his own dressing room, and that was a huge trip because I'm seeing now this kid grow and stuff. That's another story. But anyway, that's that's what it was. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, there's only a few times that that even during TIFF, I will really yeah. feel starstruck about a certain person. Yeah, and one of those is Nicolas Cage. I tapped him on the back. Yeah, you told you told me the story about tapping him on the back. Yeah, what happened with me uh, was not past TIFF, but like TIFF 2017, mm-hmm. Midnight Madness comes out, and he has a film called Mom and Dad. And yeah. And so I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan, not because he's a giant meme, but because I think he really is a brilliant actor. And so, really? oh, believe me, go through his filmography. I, I will sit down and watch all these films with you. And I will put even the bad ones. I've actually never seen Mandy. Mandy is, is an experience, but that you see in the theater. You don't watch that at home where you're distracted. Well, you no need now. Now you, Oh, no. You can always go to somebody's basement who has like a giant home theater. Yeah. Dark screen. Anyway, so for this TIFF, I, I've been like experimenting with a Polaroid camera because I just want to, you know, just take candid pictures of celebrities as just like an experience, see how that's like. So uh, during the fest, I was able to get um, at the time because they were still like advertising this a lot. Uh, Call me by your name. So I have a picture of Luca Guadagnino, um, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet like like um like linking arms or sorry like linking and hugging together and a very funny story about luca guadagnino um at the time when i got that picture um luca did not realize that it was actually polaroid and he asked if he could have one so i gave him that one in particular and then i took another shot of them so i have the second one and luca has a version of it i have no idea if he still has it if he even remembers this at all uh but the, but oh he like actually like he like, asked if he could keep one of the polaroids correct Oh wow! So I gave so I gave him the first Polaroid. And I gave him like a little something to shield it because it was still exposing. Oh, and then wow. I just and then I asked if they would mind posing for another picture, and they didn't mind, so I took it. And I have that one currently in my possession. And actually, this past TIFF, I got both Army Hammer and Tim and uh, Timothy to sign it. So now I've got to get it framed somewhere. Oh, so when you took a picture, okay. But when you took the original picture, it was all three of them as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, okay. It was also all three of them. Did they not want a copy of it? Uh. It, Polaroid's expensive now. We're uh-huh. talking eight shots for thirty dollars plus tax. So we're talking about over three dollars a shot. Ah, yeah. So uh, with Nick Cage, so he owes you three bucks. Eh, it's okay. I'll <laughs> let that slide. So with Nick Cage, <laughs> uh, like he is plastered. He is like out of his mind at this premiere. He shows up late. Uh, I'm actually sitting uh, three rows behind him. And he's in like a snakeskin jacket and his hair is like kind of like tied up in the back. I can't remember. It was wild. Anyway, anyway, comes towards the end and everybody's like going to their limos and everybody's waiting to get autographs. And Nick Cage is still plastered out of his mind. And I ask him, like, do you mind if I take a Polaroid? And he's like, oh, yeah, old technology. I fucking love it. Bring it in. And he like takes his arm and he like, like shoulder grabs me and like brings it together. And I've and. Like my right arm is free, but my Polaroid's in the left hand. So I try to extend out as far as I can and I take the shot and my face looks awful. He looks fine, but I, but that picture is just like so special to me. Oh that, my God. Yeah. You got to bring it in next time. Yeah. Right? I'll bring, I'll bring it or in next time or something. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Cage is one of those actors that I don't know. I feel like he, he just like lost momentum for a bit. People were kind of unsure. He's never lost momentum. Well, no, I think he did after because he went bankrupt, didn't he? Oh, he's and he started making like he he stopped making big budget 
like mainstream movies and he went into like these like indie horror releases and started getting into the, like this Once, like cliche like not cliche like like this niche genre yeah right like there was that period in the mid 2000s where he wasn't really a bankable star anymore yeah and then he starts doing a lot of indies and direct to video stuff uh-huh. and uh, i don't know like, maybe like, i was making a comeback i don't know well i mean yes does he need the money i'm sure he does but the thing is, when he is used properly, yeah. he is at his A game. So Mandy, for example, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse used correctly in that. Teen Titans go to the movies he, oh, like he is even used. Perfect. That's right. He played Superman. I forgot Superman. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I, I didn't catch Teen Titans go. I didn't catch Teen Titans go. I heard that was amazing, but I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Interesting. But, but to me, he is still like my favorite actor of all time. I will uh-huh. basically watch anything he is in amazing i a quick story my my grandmother thinks that we are somehow related to luca guadagnino because my 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 grandmother's last name is guadagnino i would not be surprised that's also that's also the same story with Vinny guadagnino from jersey shore i remember years ago when jersey shore first premiered my nun and my mom made a huge deal huge deal about it they're like guadagnino's in there eric wants to be in film we gotta contact this guy Okay, we had a family premiere party. We all got popcorn. We got snacks. We sat on the couch. Jersey Shore started, and then Jersey Shore quickly ended. And my mom said, if I ever catch any of you watching this show, there's going to be trouble. (laughs) And I said, but you started it. (laughs) You started the show. But, but she, was, was it like before the credits even rolled? It was like shutting oh, it this was, off? It was like 10 minutes in. My nana, my nana like did the sign of the cross and left. My mother was like, <laughs> this is not, this is not, this, no, this is not going to happen. And well, because Guadagnino is such a, it's, it's, it's such an uncommon last name, yeah. right? So Vinny Guadagnino, Luca Guadagnino, it's like, it's likely that, you know what I mean? And my nana like freaks out because she's like, if I'm at the same town, you have to go talk to them. Eric, you have to go. Call he send a, a phone number to call him or something. I'm like, no, no, I can't. I can't just call Luca. I can't just call Vinny Guadagnino. I have no idea who these guys are. Like, I, I'd really have to go through the motions, right? Right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that will end our first introductory episode for the third time. Right. Okay. No, this is. I think this is it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess I guess you know, watch the episodes, follow along with us, and we'll. Uh, how are they going to watch? There's no visuals. There will be visuals. We'll have visuals most. Okay. Visuals some, sometimes. But listen to us. Listen yes. to us. Listen to us. That is the most important thing. This is the year you listen to This is the Year. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs>